Hey everyone, welcome to Indie Film Grid, a podcast about indie films and indie filmmakers. I am your host, Timothy Patrick, but you, you can call me Tim. Today's podcast is a good one, an important one. We talk about something that you really need to keep in mind when you're making an indie film. What am I talking about? I'm talking about sound. And joining me today is Taiwo Hurd. He does sound for indie films all the time. He knows what he's talking about. Let's get into it. All right, well, here we are with my guest, Taiwo Hurd. Ty, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Definitely, anytime. Indie film grit. That's right. Now, uh, this episode's all about sound. Sound for indie film. Good sound, bad sound. You filmmakers out there are going to need to know how to do production sound, which means the guy with the boom pole, or uh, only a handful of other setups, really. Um, Well, actually, uh, in in indie filmmaking, mm -hmm. which, uh, which I'm heavily involved in, I'm actually usually the boom guy and I'm the sound recordist. But in the larger productions, those are two separate jobs. And right. there could be several boom people. And the, the sound, the guy that's recording everything, sitting down somewhere with a fan on him. Just, <laughs> just maxing, relaxing. Just... Listening with the headphones. I know, just drinking Kool-Aid and <laughs> probably smoking camel lights. <laughs> but just. when you're doing that job on an indie film and you're holding the boom. Oh, yeah, it's a workout, first of all. Yeah. And second of all, you just have a lot to stay on top of. Yeah, a lot to think about in that moment. You know, right. you got to make sure the boom's out of the shot. You got to make sure the levels are right. 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 So you're constantly glancing down at what, your hip? I'm constantly glancing down at my hip, yes. Because you, you have a recorder down there? I, that's where the recorder is. I usually have it tilted up so I can see the levels. Right. But then once I get a feel for it, I go completely by ear. Right. It helps if you actually watch the rehearsals. Whatever they do in rehearsals, they're going to do it 10 times bigger when the cameras are rolling. So just take that into effect. So if they there's a little bit of an outburst during rehearsals, then just expect it to be huge when the cameras are rolling. So and, and be ready to back that mic off or right, do exactly. what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, because it's not always riding the knobs, right? It's yeah. it's distance, right? So you make sure you don't peek out. Yeah, and if I'm kind of iffy about it, I'll um I've got a setting on my Zoom. Where you can uh, re- you can record the same audio signal 10 dB down. So if you've got a signal that's all over the place and you want to make sure that uh, that you've got some backup if if it peaks, mm-hmm. then, you know, sound is such a big part of film that it can make you cry, it can make you angry, it could raise your heart rate. Um, tell us about that when you're when you're sound designing an indie film. Oh yeah, well. It is not all about the visuals, but the visuals are what inspires the sound. Right. Always. And I mean, usually the director 
has some kind of vision for it. But you know what? Actually, about half the time, some of the indie directors I work with don't have a vision for the sound. And that's a, that's a problem in and of itself. And then you're just completely dependent on getting you know, a, a good sound guy that's going to care enough right. to, to get you a good sound you know, like me. But um, now, but you might but you might end up with some schmuck, and then you'll have crappy sounds. So you want to know your stuff, so you at least can keep an eye on you know how things are sounding, right. if the levels are even. You know, yeah. There's and, nothing wrong with working with a sound person, but this day and age, uh, you'd have to admit that um, production sound for an indie film is easier and more accessible than it ever has been. Well, yeah, the tools are there. The H4N is not that expensive. You can record on anything. You could record on to your laptop. Right. But, um, you know, if you take certain precautions in treating the area that you're in and just making sure, to, I mean, little things like just shutting a window just uh -huh. gives some... Just some thought to the sound of the the environment that you're recording in, and right. that'll it'll increase the quality of your movies by twenty percent. So just right, make sure all the windows are shut. Try to turn off the refrigerator. <laughs> if there's a plane flying through your take. You know that might be a problem later. Speak up. What <laughs> let the director know. That's right. Speak up. Let the director know. They'll do another take. They'll. They should appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I would. I definitely would. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you want that thumbs up from your sound guy. Yeah. You know. So Ty, for the indie filmmaker who needs the bare bones setup to uh, capture quality audio for their indie film, uh, what do you recommend? As long as you can override the auto volume on your camera. You can actually record directly into your camera. You can either use a shotgun mic mounted on top if you're close enough. You're going to get pretty good audio close up. But a uh, more medium shot, you're going to want a boom. You're going to want to get in there with a boom. Keep the boom out of the shot, of course. If you're further away, you're going to need some kind of lav setup like a, with a wireless unit and mics that are pinned on to the, the actors. So uh, look that up online, wireless labs. Uh, they can be a little pricey, but you can rent them. The good ones are pricey. The good yeah. ones are too pricey. Way too pricey. If you get inexpensive ones, uh, like a lot of indie filmmakers do, they will work, but not always. That's right. They can be completely unreliable. They can cut in and out. They can um, they can be susceptible to interference from mm -hmm. airports, radio stations. Let's get into sound design because this is where you uh, really dive in. Oh yeah, this is this is more my thing for sure. Yeah. Well, sound design is uh, what what I like to do best in the the film world, and it's um, yes yeah, a broad broad area 
uh, broader than most people know it. It goes for everything from Foley as a type of sound design. When you're making the sounds yourself, that's a type of sound design. And um, yeah, it's everything from that to using libraries. As an indie filmmaker, you're going to be using libraries a lot. Because, I mean, who's got a Foley pit? Like, I don't have a Foley pit. <laughs> right. It's ridiculous. They expect you to. I mean, you know, those things have to be uh, like the cement's got to be poured all the way down to like close to the bedrock. I I don't know much about a Foley pit. I have seen you know videos. Super expensive to make. Right, and and there's puddles and there's boots and there's yeah broken glass. It's a messy setup. It's a messy setup, and in order to get it to sound right, the cement that is that everything sitting on has to be poured all the way down <laughs> close to the foundation and that like keep it makes it sound more realistic or something i don't know so what you're saying and i agree with you is you do not recommend the indie filmmaker grabbing a pair of boots and trying to match it to uh their character walking down the street no it would take forever and it would sound bad you get a library of footsteps you chop it up and then you just advance the film forward until you see that footfall hit. I mean, the the key is to find out where the footfall is and then put a footstep sound right in there. And if it doesn't sound right when you just, you know, move it back and forth until it seems natural, till the heel hits when it's supposed to and the toe hits when it's supposed to. And, and sometimes you maybe slow slow it down. Sometimes maybe you mess with the pitch. Right, especially if you've got a limited amount of footsteps. If don't, if you have to use the same footsteps for two different people, you you're gonna want to like pitch it up or pitch it down or something. So even within the same walk of the one character, every footstep can't sound the same. They never do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So what you do, what what I do is I get a long audio file, and I chop that up. So uh, so every footfall naturally sounds different because it is different. <laughs> it's a different footstep. Right, yeah. But um, well, you just worked on a, on a big project where, oh, yeah. where you got to experiment with sounds of all types. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I worked on this uh, Chinese animated feature called Water Planet. But it, basically it's about a kid and her dad who are on this planet, and it may or may not be Earth. And um, it's running out of water. The dad knows the water's gone, uh, but he's still looking for more. And then they help this this lady. Is this the opposite of Waterworld with uh, Kevin Costner? You know what? I don't think I have to describe it any further. That's I think it. That's it. it is the exact opposite, but Did go they on. they find a girl that was being chased by robots? There was no robots. There was Dennis Hopper. Yeah, so it's the opposite of Waterworld. <laughs> so there were robots with lasers, of course. So And I cut the lasers for it, which, uh, which involved a lot of layering and the manipulation of sound, running it through plugins. And, uh, you know, it was fun because there were a lot of different types of lasers. There were... There were robots that were shooting lasers that all sounded the same. It was a challenge when there were like four or five robots on the screen shooting to get them all to sound like separate entities instead of just one mishmash. It's got to sound different. Yeah, so you want to 
like what what I would, would do was just pitch the sounds up and down, maybe increase or decrease the speed of the lasers to just a little bit so you can differentiate. It, cool, man. That sounds like uh, fun. Yeah. And I did the gadgets. There were a lot of gadgets, like uh, people who had face masks that would fold onto their face, like uh, you know, like Iron Man or something. Yeah. Well, so. you say gadget, I think of uh, Go Go Gadget Arms or something. No, no. This is this is like Iron Man gadget. Go gadget. Go. I actually just to get a, get an idea of what to do. I you know revisited Guardians of the Galaxy. Basically, I did the sound design for like how I felt the visor should sound, and then I'm like, let me look at Star Lords, and I'm like, oh, that that sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but let me fix mine to sound more like that. <laughs> so okay, so and that's a, that's another good tip for the indie filmmaker out there as far as sound design is listen get to references yeah. exactly. It's like yeah. anything else. If you're gonna paint, look at the look at the works of uh, other painters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're working off a library. Um, now, is this something uh, easily accessible to the indie filmmaker? A sound library? Yeah. How, how does one go about getting a, a catalog of uh, sound effects? Well, one thing you have to be careful of is get, getting bad sound effects in your collection. So there are places to go to get free sound effects if you just look up free sound effects there's new stuff and there's old stuff you can record it yourself if you're you know savvy enough i guess but um i remember getting uh cds called 2000 sound effects oh yeah and it had a picture of a a train on there yeah yeah yeah. and it was like three volumes and it was the worst on and this is like in the 90s or something but uh it was bad but i loved it because it was the only thing yeah Yeah. it was sound effects so when all else fails work with what you got you can manipulate it enough that's true if you but there are resources if you're listening to this podcast, you can do better than that. <laughs> I agree. Because you go to SoundSnap, they have free sounds. Sound and snap. literally just yeah, SoundSnap. They've got I think all their sounds are free actually. Really? Maybe they've got a premium tier, but is that user generator or they people are putting up these putting these sound effects up online for the for general public consumption. What's a good rule of thumb um, as far as audio levels? Or music in the background. There really aren't any rules, actually. It just depends on the emotion you're trying to get with the scene. I remember there was this one scene in uh, it's the Nazi, Tarantino's Nazi movie, Inglorious Bastards, mm-hmm. and um, where the music played so loud, it was the David Bowie song, and the woman was dressed in red, leaning, leaning against the walls, yeah. almost like at cover my ears in the theater <laughs> but it worked it just you know it just drove the emotion home to the point of ridiculousness and uh and that worked that but most of the time it wouldn't so you just have to decide if you want the scene to be like a slow build just basically the the build of the music has to follow the build of the scene and where you want the scene to go it's where the music has to end up yeah, and if there are lyrics in the music, that also can conflict with the dialogue. So that's another thing. Definitely, if 
if there are lyrics in the music that don't directly relate to what the people are saying, just keep it low. Just let people get the feel for it. You know, oh, it's that song. And then, like, even... I'll even, like, fade it out, like, after, like, the initial introduction of, let's say, some source music on the radio. Like, throughout the scene, just fade it down a little bit, just imperceptibly, so right. that you know it's still going, but it's not, you know, yeah, yeah. the dialogue or the effects. So, Yeah, for the opening uh, shot of The Booker, um, my buddy had a song that was perfect and I asked him do you have that can you give me that without the vocal track and it worked beautifully cool. also if you have friends that are that are musicians that's a good resource that's a good point I like that um, real quick and this is a loaded question uh, what makes audio bad audio no well, bad audio has extraneous noises in the background it's got hums, hums, clicks, pops. You want the audio to sound as if you're standing in front of the person in the room, ideally. But at the same time, you don't want too much of the room sound. That's a good thing to bring up, the room sound, the ambiance. Uh, it's a good rule of thumb to record the dialogue first, and then when... It's quiet. Re record the uh, the room tone. You're right. You record room tone at the end of the takes. All the crew and the the cast are all quiet, and then the dialogue editor has that to use to you know paste over, or the dialogue editor. If you're an indie filmmaker, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, yeah. What is the benefit of this room tone? What What you, do you use it for? You use it to paste over the clicks and the pops. So instead of, I mean, you could just cut the clicks and the pop out and then you've got this unnatural silence and then the audio comes back and it just sounds weird and unprofessional. But if you paste in a little bit of this room tone, and I mean, you can use the same pieces over and over again because it's just basically silence or white noise. And uh, you can just paste that in whenever there's a, an audio defect that you need to cover up. That's, that's really good advice. Always get room tone. Always get room tone. What are the things that people most underestimate about the sound guy? Well, I think they might underestimate how crucial it is to communicate with the sound guy to keep an open channel of, you know, dialogue with the sound guy. You have to, you know, just the director and the producers and any line producers, just they have to think about sound. They don't have to do it. They don't have to do any of the technical things, but they do have to support the sound guy. So in order for them to do their job, they have to be willing to take an extra second out to unplug the refrigerator. Right. As compartmentalized as, as the film business is and, and making indie films, uh, you're not in a vacuum. You need to communicate. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta, there's got to be a communication. There's got to be... I've Respect. had directors that just roll without even 
calling for sound to see if I'm ready or I mean it's just so unprofessional I mean I, and I know everybody's on a schedule I know that there is a budget but but just, you know no I hear you yeah is there anything you want to say to the uh, indie filmmaker out there who's thinking about uh, going into sound I say find someone that does it talk to them you know and then just get them to take you out with them shadow them shadow shadow them mentorship exactly and that's that's the best way to see if you even like it because i mean there's like a 50 it ain't easy no it's not easy and it's not for everybody so there's like a like me like production sound i'm like "Ah, i like it but you know post-production sound i love it so you know you just have to find what you like and talk to people that do it, you know, see if they're happy. Well, I think you've given the indie filmmaker out there a lot of good tips when it comes to audio uh, for their indie film. Good. You know, if there is ever anything else you want to know about it, just uh, you know, send me an email. Send you an email uh, or hit you up on Twitter. Where, where, where oh, can at Ty Hurd. Yeah, hit me up on Twitter, at Ty Hurd. There you go. And uh, I will answer all of your audio questions. Once again, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, that's that. Tywo Hurd just gave you some sound advice. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, now, I want to thank you guys for listening. Um, these early podcasts may seem a little stiff, but uh, I'm hoping to uh, get into the groove, as they say. Go to IndieFilmGrit.com. Check us out. Follow us on Twitter at IndieFilmGrit. Um, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Why not? So hopefully uh, I'll be seeing more of you. Oh, before I go, I want to ask you guys out there something. Do you have the courage, the passion, and the perseverance to make indie films? Do you have enough indie film grit? <laughs>